There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors. The 2020 Dacia sales event is now on at Blackstone Motors, Drogheda, Dundalk and Cavan. Call in to see how shockingly affordable a new Dacia is in the new year. Nice to be back on Late Lunch after the week break. I tell you, I could stay in Krakow, to be honest with you. Yeah, what a beautiful city. I had a wonderful week, to be honest, and I'd highly recommend it. I'm going to talk about it a little bit later on in the show. Big thank you to Joan Larkin, who sat in for me last week. Thanks a million, Joan. Straight to business today. 55,067,472 euro between friends. Yes, that is the FAI's debt. Uh, Friday, the news broke when the press conference happened, bringing forward the accounts for 17 and 18. And my word, unless you're on another planet, you'll have been reading about it, hearing about it, watching it all weekend. Where to from here for the FAI? We'll leave that for a moment because of more pressing uh, significance today is the situation of Drogheda United because United Park is reported each year within the accounts of the FAI as being an asset. I'm joined on the show today and he's in studio with us and I'm very grateful he's dropped in. It's the chairman of Drogheda United, Connor Hoy. Connor, you're very welcome to the show. Good afternoon, Jerry. Thank you for joining me. So let's get straight to brass tacks on this. A lot of Drogheda fans and football people in this area really concerned today about United Park and what's going to happen to it. Can you tell us the situation? Well, let's go back a little bit, Jerry, and a little bit of a, a bit of history here. So, United Park, um, we moved there, I think, in the early 80s, wasn't it? 81 late or 70s. Late 70s, yeah, early yeah. 80s from the Lord Stadium. And it went through various bits of ownership. God, my dad owned it at one stage himself, to be honest with you. But in the mid-80s, um, Charlie Walsh, who was a former chairman of the club, actually, um, then had become the honorary treasurer of the FAI. And it was a very significant role in the FAI back in those days. And dad, of course, my father, uh, Vincent, was was involved. Was I think he was chairman of the club or certainly, uh, you know, still on the board of the club in the mid-80s. And he was talking to Charlie at the time about what to do with United Park. Now, dad always saw United Park as as an asset that had to be protected for the club going forward when you know anybody could have taken over the club or whatever it was so to to safeguard United Park for the club in effect the uh, United Park was given to the FAI to hold it in trust for the club that's the best way I can describe it and dad's view on that my dad's view was 
you know, if the if the FAI keep a hold of the stadium and maintain the stadium, etc., it saves the fact that someday somebody would have bought Drawed United, sold off United Park, built a thing, and, and the club would have gone into gone into uh, it would have been the end of the club. So actually, it was there really to be put in as a trust. And the fact is that United Park could only ever be used if it was sold. The proceeds could only ever be used for the provision of a new stadium for football in Drawed. And now. So that um, promise, if you want to call it that, has always been maintained by the FAI, still is to this day. And, you know, my I was in the FAI two weeks ago, um, uh, meeting them to talk about this again. And everybody acknowledges within the FAI the fact that if United Park is ever sold, the proceeds would go to the, to the provision of a new stadium. And I have as well uh, a, a letter uh, from... V- senior management in the FAI written albeit a long time ago it's one of the things my father bequeathed to me before he passed away recently um, which again says that the FAI would hand United Park back to draw United in the event of a new stadium being built and the proceeds needing to be used for that so I feel both legally and morally uh, confident that United Park will always remain an asset for Drawed United, albeit that it's effectively held, I believe, in trust by the FAI and it's therefore on their balance sheet. Now, people might get a bit worried and say, you know, but hold on, a new regime coming into the FAI, would yeah. somebody come in and say, look, let's get, let's, uh, let's sell this off? First of all, uh, I believe we're protected legally. Uh, but I think morally, everybody in the FAI has always acknowledged that. And I've heard nothing. Uh, and listen, Jerry, if somebody tried to do that to draw the United, uh, I can tell you that I'd be leading the charge up to not just the FAI, but to Leinster House. And I'd make the storming of the Bastille look like a teddy bear's picnic, quite frankly. And so would all the Drada fans with me. So, But I don't believe that's ever going to happen because there's been no sign of that from anybody within the FAI and I believe we're protected legally as So well. you're not worried at all at, because you are a man who knows yeah. the business inside yeah. out this area of expertise you are not worried that somebody comes in and looks at 55 million on one side and looks at United Park I believe Cove Ramblers yeah. uh, Wexford are, are impacted as well with, with their facilities yeah. and would say let's dispose of those Well I, I, look I, I mean you know Again, I believe I could challenge that legally okay. if I had to. But but there's a few things just to, you know, certainly the Taoiseach came out yesterday and, and some of the statements over the weekend about the support of grassroots football in this country. And I believe that Draw United is part of grassroots football in this country. And I believe the government, again, you know, know that the clubs of, of the League of Ireland, who quite frankly, Jerry, I think have come on leaps and bounds in recent years, you know, the better governance within clubs, including Draw United, uh, so many other clubs. We now are in this strange situation where 15 years ago, people would go, oh, the clubs in the League of Ireland are a mess, but the FAI is great. And actually, it's the reverse now. I believe the clubs in the League of Ireland are run really well now. And of course, our governing body is in trouble. So we've we've seen a bit of a reverse of that situation. But I'm, I'm feeling pretty, uh, I, you know, I feel confident about it. I was in there last week with the FAI myself and Jim McArdle, the director of the club, who you know well, and representatives from the County Council, discussing about the new stadium and how we're going to be trying to making it work and we were we were we're awaiting uh, the first uh, the results of the first grant application that we've put in with the FAI I should say the FAI submitted it uh, for the design stage of that that's about a half a million in funding that we're waiting for and there should be results coming on that of course I'm nervous Jerry 
that when that you know mm. is that money going to be released by the government the FAI but then I get more encouraged when I hear the Taoiseach saying that they're going to protect grassroots okay. so th- th- that's interesting because this stadium project was uh, your father's dream but we know this and it, it's been a protracted process yeah. with many false dawns yeah, yeah. Even in these dark days, with the FAI in complete turmoil, you'd have to say nearly a busted flush, to be honest. Do you believe that Drogheda can make this move in the foreseeable future? The biggest difficulty we have in getting the new stadium built, Jerry, is the concept of bridging finance. So it it really is, we, we have offers on United Park. Okay, we have offers of, you know, two and a half million uh, to buy United Park. I'd have, we'd, I'm sure the FAI would take higher offers on that, uh, if if need be. But the problem is, I am not going to leave United Park, and Drogheda United is not going to leave United Park until I have the keys to a new stadium. Because I've seen this happen with Shamrock Rovers and other clubs over the years, where they they thought they were getting a new stadium, and you know, I you know, there's plenty of people saying to me, "Oh, could you not play somewhere else? Like sell United Park, get the money, start using that money to build a new stadium." And I'm going, well, where are we playing in the interim period? And, oh, well, you could play in Dundalk. I said, we're never going to play in Dundalk, right? We're never going to play. We're never going to play in Valbregan or Dublin. We are Drogheda United. We have to keep this club going for our fans. And we will always play in United Park till we have a facility ready to go. So are you saying to me, I'm just trying to read into this, that the FAI's preference, or maybe people who are in the FAI, is for you to sell up and realise the financial value of the asset, then go about the stadium and in the meantime you're a wandering vagabond as you said. Is that the FAI and have you, have you something, have you an alternative to that? Well um, it, it's been mooted as a possibility but we've pushed back on it. Okay, and not not in a not in a being forced to it. These are the options that you have to look at. Um, what we then, ha- if we don't do that, we, so if we, you know, if we don't cash in on United Park and use the money, and as you say, be va- vagabonds, somehow or other, you, if, here's the ideal world, Jerry. We we sell United Park to somebody who gives us two and a half million now, but is prepared not to take the two and a, not to take United yes. Park for two or three years. That's what I need. I need a developer or somebody who'll come in and go. There's the money for United Park. There's all the cash. Use that to build the stadium, and then when the stadium's built, we'll move out of United Park. So it's it needs somebody who's prepared to take a punt to a certain degree on the development opportunity within United Park and the fact that that as an asset might rise over a two or three years. But doesn't period. that make sense? Is there somebody there willing? Do, do you believe that somebody will take that punt? Um, I think it's very hard to find it. We have one interesting offer that could be could be a possibility around that that we're exploring. However, the government funding is important here. This one we'll just come back to. The long-term sports infrastructure grant, which is what we've applied for with the FAI. I should say the FAI have applied for it. And we have a good relationship with the FAI on this, the facilities people there, by the way. We're all working really well together. And I, I, there's no criticism of them uh, in this at all. But, you know, going forward together on that, I, you know, I think I think we can, if we get that funding coming through, then we can start the design of the build of the stadium. But that protracts it because I'm stuck at the moment because I don't know about whether the government is releasing funding to the FAI. Mm. But again, if we turn around with the help of some of our local politicians here in Drogheda and put the pressure on very much to say, look, you know, we need this funding to come out of long-term sports infrastructure grant to build a stadium ultimately that will help us to develop grassroots football in Drogheda. Because what we're building, Jerry. And with the FAI, I should say, and what the FAI want to build isn't just a a football stadium. It's the centre of football in the northeast of the country. 
right? It is a stadium with a three to 5,000 expansionary capacity plus six or seven training grounds alongside it. It is going to be the centre of football. So it isn't just about draw United. Sure, we're going to use a stadium and the training ground. It's about football in the northeast. And that benefits every kid in this town and in this region, as well as many, many clubs beyond just Draw United. So that's what we've got to focus on, all of us pushing together in that regard. And the land is earmarked. You mentioned Loud yeah. County Council there. It is yeah, earmarked. Absolutely. And th- the site, that particular end of things, is there and ready to go. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Loud County Council, brilliant on this. Absolutely. You know, the, the land is there and we've, we've been discussing exactly the infrastructure around it, the, the roads that need to go into it, etc, etc. Drogheda United Chairman Conor Hoy is with me on the show today. Conor, I suppose people involved in football, and I know on the media side of football, probably weren't that surprised with the revelations of that enormous figure at the weekend. Would it be better just to dissolve the thing and start again? Or, or, or is, is, is a football association slightly different? Well, those of us who are involved in League of Ireland clubs, <laughs> our number one priority is keeping our club going. You know, and and like the association is there. We have to deal with it because they have the rules, the regulations, funding, etc. Um, and they run the league for us. So we, we have to be quite inwardly focused and think, right, I've got to make sure that we've got the money to run Draw United this year, that the club is protected, that we get our debt down, all those things. So we, you know, when the, then the Football Association, of course, has an international aspect to it, the national team, etc., etc. So, look, I was surprised, Jerry, the size of the, I knew it was bad. I think me and everybody else was stunned at how bad it was. But I think you're right. In many ways, this is a bit like the crash in the late two, in, in 2008. We almost have to put the FAI into a NAMA bucket, for want of a better word, and, you know, like start to service the debt separately. And otherwise, it'll be a millstone around football in this country for the next 20 years. So in many ways, we have to have a cutoff point and say, look, no, everybody knows what happened historically was wrong and there's so many issues and there'll be books written about it and everything. Put, let's, let's draw a line in it. And uh, there may be investigations, it could be criminal, all those things, but separated. You know, for, for grassroots football in this country, again, whether it's League of Ireland or Leinster Senior League or, or schoolboys or whatever it may be, we, we can't have what happened in the FAI drag that down. And that, that's the, mo- the biggest thing that I'm nervous about. We have to focus positively. It's the number one sport in this country. You know, we have amazing talent coming through under 21. When you look at Stephen Kenny's team as well, the senior team still get, might get to the Euros next year. So we might be playing some of the Euros finals in Ireland. We could be potentially having a joint World Cup bid with Britain. Uh, going forward for 2030 and stuff. So you look at that and you think, look at the possible, the positive side of things. And yet we're being dragged down by this negativity and this horror of stories um, from uh, the from the past. But we, it's not fair. I, I, this is what annoys me. No, it doesn't annoy me about it. I, I'm angry, okay, about everything that happened in the FAI. And so is everybody in football, you and everybody other supporter out there. But I'm, I'm also, you know, my, my number one focus is my club, and football in Drogheda. And that's what we have to focus on. And we put out a little statement the other day as a club just to say, look, support, we are local 
here. Well, what we've got to do is fight locally for our club. You know, we've got to support our local sponsors, whether it's LMFM or Blackstone Motors, whoever it may be. We've got to support our local other feeder teams, schoolboy clubs, draw to town. We have to look after football in our community. We have a wonderful club in Drawdy United. We're a successful club. We're providing amazing entertainment for the people of this region. And our aim is to, I want to, you know, galvanise the positivity related to running this club well and what it brings to the community of Drada. So, you know, I, yes, I'm angry about the FAI, but I'm not going to let it beat us, Jerry. The big question is this, and the Minister, Mr Ross, seems to be sticking on this line. Donald Conway is gone now. Yeah. In my book, he should have gone a long time ago. Can any director on that board remain who was there for the duration of uh, the former CEO's tenure? In my opinion, uh, no. Um, but some of the newer directors that are on there, and I'll just uh, pick, for example, Martin Herity is the chairman of Sligo Rovers, who are a brilliantly run club. Martin's a great guy. As an example, you know, I'm delighted that somebody like Martin is one of the new people coming onto the so board. So he's there. fresh in there. The last month or two. Can yeah. I suggest yeah. this to you? There are four independent directors to, to be appointed. Yeah. I think back to World War times across the water yeah. and Mr. Yeah. Churchill when travesty was faced there and he formed a war cabinet. Is it not time to form a war cabinet? And this EGM that's coming up, remember, yeah. the same delegates will go to this EGM yeah. who re-elected Mr. Conway and his ilk, yeah. who should never have been re-elected and should go now, yeah. and they'll go back again and repeat that. Is it not time to say, because realistically you could say you're gone, the whole yeah. thing is gone, yeah. to form a, a, a group of people who will run the FAI for the next number of years and like it or lump it, the schoolboys, the ladies, the League of Ireland clubs, yeah. whatever, have to accept that. Pick the heads you want. We need professional, capable, diligent people who are not there, who are there to represent football on the whole rather than individual aspects of football in this country. So I'm with you totally. I think hopefully the, the new independent directors will bring that sense to it. But to see what I would call professional people coming in with the right skills to run it. I completely agree with you. I think that's an excellent suggestion. And I, and I know it's a democracy and everyone has their say, but unfortunately, folks, you've sent up delegates year on year, and that includes the League of Ireland clubs, before your time, by the yeah, way, as well, yeah. um, who, who sat there like nodding donkeys and didn't uh, question anything. And I know... There was, you know, there was a formidable character who we can see now had, you know, Ceausescu type, yeah. uh, you know, uh, grip yeah. on the football association. Yeah. But nobody questioned, very few did. Some brilliant journalists did. Yeah. And they are vindicated now yeah. by the questions they asked, even though they were batted back legally as well. Yeah. But it really is time to wake up football people and smell the coffee. And if you were supporting, you better really change your tune mighty quickly and put your hands in the air and move on from here. I'm on my soapbox. I better get off it for a minute because <laughs> it's you, Connor Hoy, chairman of Drawdy United is here. Finally, before we finish today, yeah. may I ask you this? You have a club to run and all the clubs have yeah. uh, their businesses to run. And the dock are only up the road and doing mightily well at the minute and uh, they're preparing for a new season as you are as yep. well. Yep. It's full steam ahead. I, I see your new club shop looks so, really well. Look, the shop is open. It's down there. We did great business this weekend. We're selling season tickets. We're selling our new jersey. Um, it is uh, huge positivity around the club at the moment. Um, we've 17 players signed already for next season. This has never happened in previous <laughs> years, Jerry. You know, the fact that we're this ready. You know, the fact that we've all these players signed up already. The boys are buzzing. They're ready to go. And I'm telling you this, Jerry, and I want to say this to everybody listening, we are going to do it this season. 
No. Right? I'm oh. telling you, I'm not. I, I, my manager has probably put his head in his hands. <laughs> well, well. But, 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 I, but I'm telling you, we are going to give it everything this season to get up to the Premier League next well, year. Well, fourth the year before last. Last season, second and yeah. just missing out yeah. in the playoff. Yeah. You're yeah. going to win this first division this coming year. That's the aim. This, this club is ready for it, Jerry. Every single person associated with the club, players, managers, volunteers, we are going to give it everything this year to get up. And I want the public behind us. The last three games of last season was the best atmosphere I've seen United Park in years. We've got to keep that going when we kick off again this season. Welcome everybody up there and we're going to do it for you. God, you're mighty positive. I have to hand you that in, in, in the midst of... But what else can you be? You've, you've outlined it brilliantly, to be honest with you, to, to me in, in the last half hour or so. Look... I say again to people, clubs need support. Your League of Ireland club, your schoolboy clubs, your local leagues, please do support all those people because they need support and they're yeah. giving you know, so much of a social outlet and a sporting yeah. outlet and a healthy outlet to so many children, girls and boys, right across this region and beyond. You must support them. That's important to say in all of this. 100% agree. And let's have this FAI sorted out once and for all and moving forward with openness and transparency and support for its constituents as well. That's what would be my wish today and I'm sure, Connor, you, you feel the, the very same. I certainly it. do, Joe. Connor Hoy, Chairman of Drogheda United. Good luck for the new season. Thank no you. pressure, Tim Clancy, from yeah. the boss. <laughs> You'll no kill me pressure, after this. Tim. No pressure, Tim, whatsoever. Anyway, thank Thanks, you for joining sir, me on the show today. Okay, thank bye. you. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors. The 2020 Dacia sales event is now on at Blackstone Motors, Drogheda, Dundalk and Cavan. Pre-book your new car for the new year and we'll hold all prices. Do you know there was two puddings made in our house over the weekend? Yes, uh, Miriam and Miss Ava Flynn made two puddings the weekend and they're ready to go for the Christmas. Now I can't enter them in the competition. But you know what I'm alluding to. Yes, the best Christmas pudding in the Northeast competition is back for year 11. Do you make puddings? Do you know somebody who does? We want to sample the puddings from across the Northeast. We need them in. Just give you the drop dead date now. Wednesday week, the 18th. We need the puddings in by the 18th of December. And it's been a great response every year, I have to say. And I'm sure there will be again this year. Massive hamper for the winner. And the title, of course. The title is the most important thing. So I hope you have your puds put by. Get them to us by the 18th. And our Women With Opinions will judge them on the 20th of December. Best of luck to you with that one. Now, is there any need to remind you of the housing crisis, which... It appears there seems no sign of easing. New builds are happening, yes, but not quickly enough. Did you know this? 9% of the existing housing stock is vacant. It's a huge number, I promise you. The properties, if these were freed up, I needn't tell you as well, would help alleviate the shortages. And with this in mind, Porrick Grennan has established EmptyHomes.ie and he's here to tell us all about it. Porrick, you're welcome back to Late Lunch. Thanks, Jerry. Thank you for joining me again. What's the premise or the idea behind this? Well, the idea is that we have a website, as you say, EmptyHomes.ie and I'm here today to ask the the general public out there to get behind this um, initiative. What we want people to do is basically... Uh, log details of vacant homes within their communities to us so that what we do is we research those properties and try and track down the owners. So it's not necessarily for people who may own these properties or relatives of people who own them. You're saying to, to the general public today, if you see a house that's going to rack a ruin, does it apply to apartments, by the way, as well? It does, yeah. Any properties that might be um, 
usable for social housing or private housing. I mean, look, if there's property owners out there themselves who have a property sitting idle, we'll talk to them. We have a number of investors, we have housing bodies um, looking for properties. And we're a middleman, if you like, to try and basically bring those properties back into use. So if you're an estate agent, if you're just a general member of the public, your next door neighbour passed away maybe 10 years ago and the house is sitting idle, we want to hear from you. So it's simple as this. Go on to emptyhomes.ie and you can just register the details there. Sure. um, You can literally take a photograph of the property, upload the details to us. Um, The more information people can provide to us, the better, because obviously we want to go about researching ownership of these properties and local knowledge can be key and very useful in a lot of cases. You're not crossing any lines of privacy there, Anthony. If you're saying take a picture of it, if it's me neighbours and I've no, you know, I've no... Yeah, no, no, we've checked all that out. I mean, we have a full privacy policy on our website. People can check that out. There's no issue there. I mean, there are lots of properties being reported to us. What we do is in our our day-to-day job, if you like, is we, we research ownership of these properties. So as you can imagine, a lot of these cases, there's, there's complex probate issues around these. So you might have somebody who passed away maybe 10, 50, in some cases longer. And what we need to do is basically find out who the entitled beneficiaries are to that property. So that's the work we do on a day-to-day so basis. So that's the gap in the market, so to speak, that you're fulfilling. Exactly. I mean, I feel we have a solution to a part of the problem, if you like. Right. And and who, who who's not doing that or who doesn't have the wherewithal or the resources? Who should be doing it? Well, we're called probate genealogists. Yes. That's the type of work we do. It's yes. genealogy and probate research. Yes. So it's a mixture of both. And what we do is these forgotten properties, if you like. What we do is we go about doing doing all this research. Eventually, we'll find various people. Sometimes it can be one owner. Sometimes it can be a multitude of people will have a share in that property. We would then have to get a solicitors instructed to basically seek probate, extract a grant of probate and bring that property back to market. So it is the observance and the observations of members of the public that see a place. If you see a place lying there, you could actually, and you're saying today, you could be really contributing significantly to providing accommodation for people who have none. This is it. I mean, just to throw some figures out there, from the census 2016, there are 3,900 houses and apartments in County Louth that are vacant. County Mead, there was 4,600. So that's over 8,500 properties in Louth and Mead alone that are sitting there um, where, you know, they could be brought back into use. They're the properties we want people to report to us. They're the ones we research everything. There are various reasons, as you can imagine, as to why properties, some are repossessed by the banks, people are in nursing homes, some people have passed away, it's in probate, and then you have these forgotten properties that we can unravel those cases, if you like. I mentioned 9%, that equates to what, about 183,000 Yes. Properties nationally. That's right. That's right. They were the census figures. Yes. Um, that was a snapshot in time, obviously, on one night in 2016. But, you know, a healthy a healthy housing market would have 3 to 4%. Um, it just goes to show we're up at 9.15%. We're much higher. Yeah, much and higher. when you hear the figures, when you, 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 you think of what those properties... And they're there. They don't have to be built. Which brings me on to a point. You say you see a house or a place that has work to be done to it. What happens then? The idea is to transact that property. Is that the idea to somebody? Well, is that a private individual or can it be a local authority? It, it can be both. It can, like we're working, for example, with Focus Ireland. They're, they're looking out for properties. They want properties in various areas around the country. So, for example, to tell you how it works, if somebody reports a case to us, 
we will get in touch with that individual, get as much information as we can from them, carry out the research. We know where to start in terms of finding the last registered owner. We have to basically, as I say, do the research, find out who the current owner or beneficial owners are. We would then approach them to say, look, are you interested in selling this property? We'd find out off the local authority if it's useful for, if it's appropriate for social housing or not. So, I mean, it's not just about social housing for us. We do have people uh, contacting us. They might have an eye on a property that they don't know who the owners are and they want to buy that property. So we do a matching service for, for members of the public as well there in terms of property. So that in turn would alleviate the, the rental market. So, you know, we're, we're looking at the bigger picture and um, trying to figure out where we can help. So it's a two-pronged thing as well. It's privately, but the authorities are involved as well and the social and private housing, it, it, sure. it, it covers the, the full gambit. Um there are some people, I suppose, Parag, just playing devil's advocate here, who have aged and, you know, as you say, mentioned they might be in a, in a home or in the care of a relative somewhere else as well, and they're very reluctant to let go. That is one of the issues we find, that people, somebody, for example, may have inherited the family home and yes. they have a, an emotional attachment to the property and... You know, they don't want to let go of that property. They were raised in in, in, the, in that house. So that is an issue that we've come across before. And people, you know, they know they need to do something. They know it's not right, but they just can't let go. So, you know, what do you do in that situation? There's not a whole lot we can do, unfortunately. Yes, yes. And, and, and that is understandable. And it's the owner's decision, finally, what they ever do with it. You mentioned rack and ruin properties in different state of of repair as well. Um, is is that a big issue? You know, if it's gone beyond the beyond. Yeah, sometimes properties are just beyond economical repair, and there's not a whole lot you can do there. Um, again, we act as a middleman, so we would put that to whether it be to one of our investors or a developer, and they make a call on that. But Look, the more cases, it's a numbers game for us. The more cases we get referred, the more properties we can end up bringing, bringing back into use. Have you a view in a general sense on government policy here? Because we look at the, the three major towns in the northeast, Navin, uh, Dundalk and Drogheda, and the heart of the towns where, you know, you're, I don't have to tell you, mm. uh, it's a big challenge to, to reinvigorate them. But if you walk across or walk down the main street in Dundalk, Drogheda or into Navin and you look up, above commercial properties and that. Mm. There are loads of places and they look to be in the category you're talking about. This is it. I mean, those census figures we discussed, those, those figures were taken on ground floor units alone. You know, that assessment was done um, horizontally as opposed to vertically. So overhead units, over shops, commercial units, that is a big factor. Um, there are so many of those. You're right, you walk across West Street and Drada here, you'll see you'll see them everywhere. So that that's a major factor. It's, it's a pity more can't be done on that. But, you know, we would encourage owners to come forward to us on that because local authorities will look at those properties. People mightn't think it, but they will look at units over, over shops. So certainly uh, more could be done, I'm sure, incentive-wise. You know, and there are schemes that the government have in particular areas, but here in the North East, we have three huge towns and it, it is worth looking at. What about this thing of geographically, just staying with that for a minute, because sometimes you have properties and places where, you know, <laughs> they're a bit out of the way, let me say. Yeah, and when we get stuff referred to us from you know, rural and, mm. and both kind of urban communities. Um, the demand for social housing is in towns. That's the bottom line. So, you know, 
to councils unless there's a specific need for social housing in a rural area, which there sometimes is. It depends on who's on a social housing waiting list in that area. But generally speaking, the rule of thumb is it's got to be central, it's got to be close to a school, close to shops where people can walk and get access to these amenities. So, But as I say, we will look at, at everything because you can be surprised in terms of some of the, the villages where there is demand. And, and again, back to the point, is it about selling the property or is there any scope for rental here? You know, if you identify something and maybe it can be uh, brought up to speed, is rent an option? Well, here's the thing. You mentioned some schemes there. You have the repair and lease scheme, mm. right, which some people may be familiar with. We'd encourage you can go if you're a vacant homeowner and you don't want to sell that property, you can go to your local authority and get a loan for €40,000, which is interest-free, and you'll get a social housing tenant put into your property for up to 25 years. So people can generate an income. The local authority will support them in terms of bringing that uh, back to use. It's a loan that's interest-free and it's repayable over the term of the the leaseholder um, agreement. So, you know, we'd encourage people to get in touch with the local authority as well. If they don't want to sell properties, they can talk talk about a leasing arrangement and gain an income for themselves. When you again address the, the general public, as you did a few moments ago, and you say, look, if you see something in your area, if there's something next door to you in your neighbourhood or whatever, there's nothing really in it for them. It's just doing something socially responsible. Is, is, is that the idea for, for the person who uploads the details to empty homes? That's it, but we do have a little incentive for them. <laughs> and thanks for bringing that up, Jerry. Um, we do a draw once a month. Um, fifty. We send out two fifty €50, one for all vouchers. For There are a lot of people who we've had people who would report 10 cases to us. You know, so there are people out there who really care about this. They're sick of seeing properties in their neighbourhood that are just lying idle and not being brought back into use. And there seems to be very little being done about it. So, you know, we're trying to be proactive in terms of going out there looking for owners. Local authorities, housing bodies, they are out there encouraging owners to come forward. Whereas I think where we're a little bit different is we're using our research skill set, if you like, to go out and find owners and approach them directly. Okay, and then again, just to come back on that point, you then put them in touch with estate agents with councils or whatever are you a conduit there that's exactly it we're we're kind of like a, a, exactly that a conduit whereby we we find the owners we know who wants that property and we put them together How's it been? Because this is pretty fresh. It's it, pretty fresh. Yeah. Yeah, we launched about three or four weeks ago. Mm. We've had a huge response. I've been around the country just talking to different radio stations. I know you were on holidays last week, so I, could, <laughs> I couldn't come in to see you. But, but, I mean, the response has been phenomenal. Um, really, you know, we've had hundreds of cases reported to us in the last month. And we're slowly but surely getting through them all getting through the research. Some obviously are are dead ducks, if you like, because they could be repossessed by the bank or something, and there's not a whole lot we can do there. But there are a lot there that we're actively researching at present. This is a snug fit with what you spoke to me about here some time ago as well. You mentioned there, you know, tracing people for inheritances and and monies that are rightfully theirs. Well, well, we still do that. You're still Um, at that as well. Erin Research is is my company. And what we do is we help solicitors mostly around the country that um, deal with difficult probate cases where, you know, if somebody named on a will that can't be located or there's a difficult intestate case where they have to determine who the next of kin are. We do all that work still for solicitors but obviously that type of research 
fits in nicely with some of these vacant homes that are simply forgotten about because the owner might have passed away some time ago. I did mention in the introduction the new bills. They are happening, but, you know, to build homes and and on a scale takes time to to get back up to where we need to be. It does. And, I mean, we're slowly making progress in in that regard. But, I mean, for me, and I'm sure there's a lot of people out there agree as well, I mean, there are so many, as we say, 183,000 stock that I feel are being overlooked. Their, their potential has been overlooked and we should be focusing more on that. Louth County Council are very proactive. Meath County Council, Waterford County. You know, there's a lot of action happening in local authorities nowadays um, in the last 12 months, really, in terms of this. But still, I mean, a big push is needed. You know them. I'm sure you're listening today. You'll probably walk down your street in the next half hour and you'll say, you know what? There it is. That's what those guys have been talking about on on the radio. They are everywhere. And it's a pity, really. It is. You know, we're asking people, look, if you know of an empty property, all you need to do is take a picture on your phone, go home, upload it to our website. We have a WhatsApp number as well. It's 087-4292-448. And you can literally send us the the pics via WhatsApp and um, we'll get back to you. Just give that number again. 087-4292-448. And emptyhomes.ie is where all the information is. I really like this. That's why I wanted to talk to you about it. And I see the potential in it. And I'm sure many people listening today understand it as well. You certainly have spotted a gap in the market. And you're using your expertise to great effect. I wish you well with it, Porrick. Thanks, Jerry. Thanks for joining me on the show today. Thank you very much. The Late Launch with Blackstone Motors. The 2020 Dacia sales event is now on at Blackstone Motors, Drogheda, Dundalk and Cavan. New Year low APR finance is now available across the range. Welcome back, Jerry. You just ditched me last week. <laughs> you go anywhere I nice? didn't ditch you. I didn't ditch you. Joan was here to and be Joan with you. Joan was great. She's she great. was great. Yeah, she's great. I a great week. I know that anyway. But, you know, when I'm off, I totally tuned out. Well, I had to be. I was in Krakow. I went to Krakow yeah. and I have to say, I'm Magical. sure loads of people listening today be bored by this. They've been there. But if you haven't, it's a wonderful... I haven't. Ah, oh, well, listen, put it on your bucket list. Have to say, you know, talking to Sandra Finnegan on our travel feature, and I know she mentioned it several times over the years, and eventually I got there. I wanted to go to go to Auschwitz, to be honest with you. That's been a dream of mine for a long, long time. But the city, it's just the people, friendly, the food, fantastic, the Christmas markets. We yeah, did a, oh. brilliant time of the year to go. This is the time, the lights at night time, like from day to night, the difference, you know, in the place when you see the two aspects of it. But the city... The old city, the Jewish quarter, the restaurants, the food. I have to say, just, I couldn't say a bad word about it. And felt it safe, you know what I mean? Mm. Really safe within in the city as well. Of and course, is it big, like, to get around? No, like, we, where we were from the hotel, ten less than 10 minute walk, right into the heart of it. You know what I mean? And the same into the Jewish quarter and that as well. Really well positioned uh, hotel, honestly. It, it was beautiful. But uh, Auschwitz, I was there this day last <sighs> week. What was, was that like? Was it emotional? Birthday. Oh, I talk, don't I? You, you know me yeah. and, and yap, 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 yap. <laughs> I do a lot of talking. I never spoke a word for the duration of the tour. Wow. Must have, must have really got you. We had a wonderful guide and I'd say she had a personal interest in it as well. And she just took us along through Auschwitz and then on to Birkenau. And funny, I saw Angela Merkel was there on Friday. We mm. were there on Monday and it just brought all back immediately. But, oh my, it, you... We must never forget, never, ever, ever, the horrors that were uh, wrought on the Jews, the Jewish community, 
uh, Romanis, others, other minorities as well. It was just horrendous, horrendous. And you see the little shoes of the children, thousands <gasps> of them. The glasses of the people, the hair of the women that they all cut off. Say everybody was crying, were they? Very the quietest tour I was ever on but I got talking to the guide little quietly here and there as we're moving between places and that and you know she said to me at the end this is happening today in Syria in a different way and people are being exterminated and I see it on the news every night and she said to me you know when I think about it she says, I just wonder when you look at human beings and you look at animals and at times I think she thinks she said to me she thought animals had more feeling and more about them because when animals kill they kill to eat to, to survive you yeah, know what I mean just That's don't go around killing people for the yeah, sake of it or yeah, other think animals about it. think about what she said to me but we must never forget and Mrs Merkel spoke so brilliantly in Auschwitz the other day she really did and I admire what she had to say and she was so honest about it as well but we must never forget how this happened and that in that place where I was 1.3 million people were murdered just think about that. Think about alone. that. It was a in. I was in a, the biggest cemetery in the world. Oh, it had a real impact on me. But to lift matters, I went to the salt mines. Beautiful, a church three hundred meters down. The working church every day under the ground. You know, mass and weddings and that, and, and the tours of the city. And let's ah, get down. <laughs> stairs, these steps down, okay. down, 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 down. and then back there. up on a miner's lift. And I, I, I want to say hello today. Um, to uh, two people I met from Monaghan. I was waiting to go into Yeah, came over to me and says, do you know Michael Crawley? And I said, yes, yeah, the boss in LMFM. He saw I had the little LMFM logo on the coat. Dermot Legan is his name. And Amy was with him, his girlfriend as well. I want to say hello to them today. It was lovely to meet them at house. It's such a, isn't it a small world yeah, that oh. you meet somebody? You know what I mean? Always do, don't you? And, and I met Sylvia from the Polish school on the way out on the flight. She had never been to Krakow as well. And I want to say hello to her today. I must catch up with her in the new year. But it was just a fantastic city, lovely place. And I could highly recommend And like Louise, the cost, the Zloty is the currency. My God. You're a I millionaire mean, over there, I'm you, telling you, I brought back money. You know me. I just, got, spend I just spend want spend. it. But, but it's no good to us. You might as well spend it. But look, I have to say, oh my God, it's just unbelievable. Would you rate it as one of the best or like up there in the top three of all Abs- the cities you've absolutely. been? Absolutely. Without a shadow of a doubt. Oh. Simply, simply marvellous. And somebody's been on to me there. Please don't use the Nazi name for the town. It's Auschwitzium. And uh, that is the proper name for the town. And I understand that. And I know how painful it is to people. But we must never forget the horrors wrought. And I'll say that again. Anyway, on a brighter note. Yes. It's Christmas. I it haven't is. played a Christmas song yet and they how could I sure it wasn't here from it started on the 1st of December what are you talking about I think we'll have one will we we have an old Christmas song I think we'll have to have your Christmas song James. ah I'll tell you you're a little star I love this song remember I told the story heard it for us many moons ago in New York before Christmas on the side of the street Feliz Navidad which means happy Christmas in Spanish anyway the version I love is Michael Bublé and Thalia Here it is, my first Christmas song on Late Lunch. Enjoy. A donde sea que yo esté Tu corazón alcanzaré Y una sonrisa en tu mirada Pintaré 
No habrá distancia entre los dos Al viento volaré mi voz Con mis deseos a tu alma llegaré Feliz Navidad Feliz Navidad Feliz Navidad Prospero año y felicidad Feliz Navidad Feliz Navidad Feliz Navidad Prospero año y felicidad I wanna wish you a Merry Christmas I wanna wish you a Merry Christmas I wanna wish you a Merry Christmas From the bottom of my heart I wanna wish you a Merry Christmas I wanna wish you a Merry Christmas I wanna wish you a Merry Christmas From the bottom of my heart Feliz Navidad Feliz Navidad Feliz Navidad Prospero año y felicidad Feliz Navidad Feliz Navidad Feliz Navidad Prospero año y felicidad
Yeah, Feliz Navidad, Michael Bublé and Thalia on Late Lunch this Monday afternoon. My first Christmas song of the year, just for you, our Late Lunch listeners. Angela Merkel is all talk, says a listener, and only talk. The Polish nation still pay retribution money to uh, the Jewish nation, uh, not the Germans. And uh, I'm happy to read that out. I'm not that familiar uh, to comment on it one way or the other, but I understand what you're saying and I can understand the hurt that was caused the deep heart to the Polish nation and uh, it still lives in the hearts of very, very many people. Thank you for your comments late lunch this afternoon. Up next on the show, Liam O'Keefe. Yes, he received a major national award recently and he's joining me next. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors. The 2020 Dacia sales event is now on at Blackstone Motors, Drogheda, Dundalk and Cavan. Pre-book your new car for the new year and we'll hold all prices. What an accolade to be named as one of Ireland's most inspirational people. Well, I have that man sitting with me in late lunch today. He's Ireland's charity champion who we met earlier in the year as Liam O'Keefe was fundraising back then for the wonderful Hannah Donnelly. And he's back with me on the show today. I just wanted to say congratulations to you. Thank you very much. This must mean a lot to you. It it does in in the recognition of you know the flag of charity and, and like the wonderful stuff that can be done out there by an ordinary individual people uh, but without all of the people of Drogheda the sponsors and people with the hand in their pocket I've always said this sure it wouldn't be anything if they ever hadn't the support of my own people the wonderful people of Drogheda so it's I'm sharing this award. It's, it's not my. I'm the. As I said before, I'm the keeper, but it's wonderful and it puts it out there. And the simplest thing, charitable thing you can give Jerry, is give someone a smile. That's the basis you build from that. It's just wonderful that I've had this opportunity in life to be able to do these things, and that's what it's all about. It's the giving. How much do you reckon, with the support of all those people you mentioned from Drogheda and beyond, because they support yes. you from everywhere, yeah. what do you reckon you've raised in money terms? Well, you we, say? we were trying to work it all out, and some of them were like a million, was the, was a million. the, the whole thing, 43 um, years of charity work. Yeah. A million euro? Yeah, well, remember, there was a big event up in the Cooley Mountains, like 18 years, a strongman, one that was, yes. all of us in the club were asked to participate in. And uh, the whole organisation, was a whole tractor thing on at the time, you know, so many tractors moving, they were trying to beat the world record, and they did. But it was a load combination, again, this wonderful combination of people getting together. And it was for cancer research, and there was over a million raised 18 years ago. For that, under the alone. Mountains. Alone. So, like, and when you're involved in different things and you, you pay your part, you might, I might not be directly doing a, an event. I mean, walking with someone else doing something. It's very hard to calculate. Yeah, I know, all, I know. know. But it's a rough figure. Yes. It's a mighty, mighty amount of money. And I mentioned Hannah Donnelly, and I have to say, great yeah. news, Hannah is getting time back home, which was... And the aim is to try and get her home oh, full of time. Of course. And the difference in the environment, because I've been in both environments, the hospital environment, Hannah family, and the home environment. So there's no comparison to it. And the little face for that, and then the cousins coming in, and neighbours coming in to see her. And away from the hospital environment and the home environment. Now, they're brilliant in the hospital, but there's no place like home. 
That is the truest words you ever spoke, Liam. Sure. It really is. Be- besides, Hannah, other charities that you've been involved with, so sad, Boomerang, yes. the Fifth Floor and yes. Our Lady of Lourdes Hospital there, yeah. the children and everything, they are so many. Do they all mean as much to you? Or can you, you know, pick one above the other? Or how? Do, what's your feelings about that? Well, of course, Hannah was the first individual. Yeah. And so it makes it, it makes it personal. Um, and I just, if I may give you a little story. A few weeks before Hannah was born, I was doing a challenge in the Lord's Hospital for the fifth floor. It was that big bench press thing. And my spotter was McDonnelly and his dad, right? And a while after that, there was the Draw the Hero Award thing, okay? And I completely forgot about it. And I was getting stuff ready for the interview from the... Um, the Sunday Independent crew. The recent award. The recent award. And I was getting stuff that I'd done together and I found the book. And in the book, actually, Hannah's dad put me forward for the award. And all these years later, I'm involved in Hannah. And I never even I never even thought about it. The connection. You know, the connection. So we're all connected. <laughs> Isn't it amazing, yeah. these... And I just want to say, you know, we're like, um, people need to fight our corner, Hannah's corner a wee bit there, and... Get up and speak up for uh, uh, Mel the Monster. I'm not bringing any politics into it. What a wonderful lady to get up there and, you know, speak up there in Dahl Aaron for a child in our community. We need more of that fight. We have representatives need to fight for our wonderful town, which should be a city. Come on, guys, you know. <laughs> He's got half script here, but I wouldn't like to stop him. When you look at the size, what height do you? I'm, I'm small. I'm only five for ten. No, uh, you're not. Don't find a big man. Well, well, small. well, you look more than six to me, and you always have all your life. I, every time I met I you, I make it in the wit. <laughs> Let, let's go back with yeah, you, sure. Liam. You're you're a Ma pa- Ma Park. Is that what they got? Ma Marion Park. Park. Ma Park. Yeah, warrior. <laughs> Main Street Ma Park. Oh, guys, you know what I'm talking about out there. <laughs> hey, you had to have your wits about you to survive there. Listen, that was the best ever street. The best ever people. Our football field, all wonderful neighbours. I often drive up and go down memory lane with such wonderful people. And you know what? We all shared. We never went to the cinema and left the guy behind. We'd all get our sixpences and our pennies together because your dad could be walking one day and not walking the next. We either went together or we didn't go at all. And that's what it's all about. It's all about walking together, helping people. Give the love, the help, the support, Right? And that's how you can help anyone to do that. You obviously loved and you have very fond memories. I just look at your expression here to tell listeners as well of that time. Yes. Um, You went to school in in, in the local area as well. It was a Mary school. And then life took... Did you go straight into the army after school or what happened, Liam? Right, I went to walk in with the Bellew Seeds. Did you? Oh, yeah, look, I tell you. (laughs) Now we're talking history. All right, and I was doing a man's walk. I don't know. 15 or 16 years, 16 years. I better say 16, you know. <laughs> uh, and uh, then I went to BD, Beckton and Dickinson, you know. And uh, uh, that was brilliant. Oh, my God. That was like the, the conditions and stuff were way, way ahead of the posse. And it was a brilliant place too. But I had, I was in the FCA and, 
you know, and now the FCA Hall is for the Special Olympics, which is wonderful to see it was lying so long, and now it's 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 doing a great thing in the community. And we were just talking about idle properties a few yeah, moments ago with yeah. Porrick, and there's one being put to fantastic use yeah, as well. And, and, and I was listening to that, it's yeah. right, and get the properties going, yes. and clean up the face of draw with these houses lying mm. idle. But yeah, I um, I went down and I had that thing to go and then I decided then I joined the army that's what brought me down south I joined the southern command and I went in Collins' barracks in Cork and uh, I was delighted that I I got best soldier in my platoon and then went on there and then I went to Limerick for a little while and then I went to the 15th battalion in Tralee and that's where I kind of started my journey uh, with my charity work I brought a friend over to Beaufort Children's Hospital for mentally and retarded children and physically retarded children and I was shocked as a young man myself, to see so many sick children with disability. I said, what can we do? I spoke to the head nurse, I went to Juicewater, head person there, and uh, they were thinking about shoes. And I said, what's your shoes? Yes, kids' shoes, boys' and girls' shoes. I knew a guy in Tralee footwear, that was in factory at the time, went over, and I ended up going over with car loads of shoes, <laughs> all different sizes. I'd done that for a while, and then the force challenge came to the roller skating. Now, that was some challenge. Yeah. You ro- Tell us again, remind us, you roller skated from where to where? From Tralee, Horns Hotel, where I walked, and they had a skate ring, and I skated as a kid, and they wanted security on the skating, and then I got buzzing with the younger skaters and kids having the crack with them, and then we decided then Ethiopia, the famine that time, and we decided that we'd do something, and uh, that time, Bunny uh, Car was that time, and uh, we decided we'd uh, give it a go, so we were trained for it, and off we went, and... 25 kids and music on the road, you know, um, what do you call that? Uh, the old Rover or what not Rover, what do you call it? Land Rover, yeah. Yeah. Loudspeakers, DJ, and a whole lot of people, and they had buckets, and they, every town we hit on the way, stopped at a day manor, and we met Lord Dunraven. Uh, he was actually in a wheelchair himself, then he gave us 500 euro, 500 pounds. RTE was there, I took a bit of footage, he already, and we raised 10,000 pounds at the time. Met the Lord Mayor then in Limerick, and Wore three sets of roller skates. How long did that take you to do that? Six and a half hours, something like that. So, yeah. I, I went back a while ago down to Kerry, and, I, mm. and my, one of my daughters, Michaela, was in, came with me, and on the way back, she said, I can't believe you've done that. I said, I, I don't believe it's me. Have <laughs> <laughs> you put a pair of skates on your sins? Yeah, well, I did. Yeah, I did. Yeah. <laughs> you think yeah, you'd only leave something did, like yeah, that? Yeah, you yeah. know, when you do something like that, you think, oh, God, yeah. I've done that's that. That's what we had that time there. Yes. We were skating and draw the RD, go for a bit of skating, and I was very good at skating. So, um, But hmm. yeah, it was a great. Uh, How long did you spend in the army? Were you... I spent 12 and a half years in the army. Did you go abroad? No, I didn't. I, I stayed sort of, here. I stayed here because at the time, not to be any, bring any political thing, it, there was enough going on on our own doorstep, and I always felt that we should do. Bring peace to Ireland before we are mm. somewhere else. Is, is the army training and life a thing that is always with you, that shapes you oh, for the future? It, it, without a doubt, uh, respectfully, the army definitely shaped me and defined me and gave me that discipline and even how I present myself always. That yeah, It was a wonderful experience and wonderful people and, and a wonderful journey in the army. And then I just decided... How am I going to see in America? I went to New York. And that was it? Off you went? Off I went. Uh, Don't go anywhere. You stay there. We're at New York with Liam at this stage. We've been roller skating in the south of the country. (laughs) We've been doing lots of things. Liam O'Keefe is with us, national charity champion 2019. When you 
when you stood with the army finished, you headed for New York City, you were just telling us there. Yes. What did you do there? How long did you spend? Almost three years there, I worked in a landscaping company, a German family called Kyle Brothers, and they just loved the Irish. There was five of us ended up then, right, and I knew two of the lads out of five, and we, they were amazed that we could put hands on anything. You know, in America, you kind of train for one thing. So we learn everything. And they just couldn't get over the whole thing. But it was a great journey, and they, and they really looked after us, you know. You enjoyed your time there? I did. We always destined to come back. Did you, you could have made it over there, stayed over there, made your life over there. Was, it, was the pull of home that strong? My middle name should have been Dorothy. There's no place like home. <laughs> and I thought I'd never... And that, at that stage, I was like 16, 16 years away from home. Yeah, between the army my and my dad and maybe my sister and brothers and family, and I, I wanted to get home. And then to get into that age, you know, thirty-seven thing, to get back into the work environment and try to, I had never really got the greatest thing of work force, and you know, we seem to be bypassed along the way, and you know. Everybody else seems to get a slice of cake except Trotter. Hey, you'll be running for politics next. Stay with that one when you came back, like when you came back here, and, and the pull of home and work. Yes. Have I mentioned a date to you? The 20th of May next year. That's a big day, Liam O'Keefe, in your life, isn't it? Well, it'll be 50 years in security. 50 years of dawn. I started in the White House Hotel when we follow. And lively dies. Paddy O'Keefe, I haven't been known, he was a great man for the sing song and stuff. And his psychic, lively dies. Little old Mile Park warrior. <laughs> we just got a message that the best Jerry you believe me came from Marion Park, says a listener. Thank you for that message this afternoon. 086 658 if you want to text or WhatsApp us. That was your first time you stood at the door. Did the McCardles own the hotel at that stage? That's right. Yeah, yeah the McCardle family. And, and if you think of it, like 17 standing at a place of soul alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so yeah, we got away with that one, uh, and then the journey—that that was the beginning of it, you know. And, and like, I met some great people in mm. India. You know, I worked at Horns Hotel and in and, and Mount Brandon, and you know. Um, Has the game? Uh, this is. This, sure. It was, go- it was going to be a stupid question. Let me make it a sensible question. Yeah. Obviously, the game changed during those fifty years. Oh, you know, yeah. from that would be nineteen seventy. You started May nineteen seventy. Everything changed. Yes. Is it a more? It, it, do you need to have your wits more about you? Do you need to be more aware of who you're dealing with? Is I, it more dangerously? I, I think for me, I, I always grew it, you know, and I always used a huge amount of psychology in, in situations, you know, and talk things down and have a chat, and you know, you know the person, and it wouldn't be maybe normally what they'd be like, and you could work with that, and and I build up the friendship, meet and greet people, good to see you, how you keep on, and build up the customer thing. That's what. It, it was always about the pen and not the sword. That's a great philosophy to have when you, you do what you yeah. you do. Yes. Is, you know, people coming in and arriving, of course they could have been somewhere else. Is yeah. alcohol a big factor where things go a bit off the rails? Or is it is it to do with personal grudges, perhaps? I think that the, well, the alcohol always plays an effect in every aspect of everything. You don't have to be in security, be a doorman for the alcohol to play its part. Enough said. Mm. Come back to you and this yes. frame of yours and you're looking so well. Is it 65? Do you mind me saying that now? No? Uh, I'm a senior citizen. Thank you very much. 
My God, and well, you are looking on it, Mr O'Keefe. You, a few years ago, you, the, the, the lifting and, yes. and that, you went away from it for quite a time and you go back into the Masters and you just knock them all for six. You win again. Well, I went away from the competition. Yes. But I never went away from the yeah. training. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've never missed, ever missed more than two weeks training. Yeah. In... Years. And it shows. It, it's, it it certainly shows. But yeah. the, co- the competition I'm talking about. But you went back after 20 years oh, and, yeah, and you I, win yeah, again. We competed down the, the Masters three, you know. And, and someone said to me, "Is the Masters four? And I said, "You have to go to Calvary for the Masters four. <laughs> that's a cemetery, <laughs> that, by the way. That's that's yeah, that's yeah. The Masters three, and it was great. And I was going to compete then in a couple of weeks' time, and I decided no, but I will next year and compete in the Masters again. How important is like that? Uh, obviously, you've you've been at this all your life, yes. but that that you know of looking after your body, yes. of, of of taking care of yourself, of training. Yes, well, the training is one part, but the nutritional program, what you eat, a good balanced diet, you know, good fruit, veg, good quality protein, recovery is another part. It's the three amigos: good training, good nutrition, and good recovery, and learning about food learning about training techniques and how to train properly and that's what it's all about you've spoken about this in the past and I've read it and I remember reading it um, drugs and people taking stuff to build the muscle and all that you've lost friends I have. through life with through, through, through the three sports because I've done the powerlifting the weightlifting and the bodybuilding I've done, done all three and won all three national championships were clean, never held steroid in my hand. But I try to tell them in the gym, and I share the knowledge, of course you do. Um, it's the tortoise and not the hare. Nice and slow, nice and steady, naturally. I mean, what do you want to join the gym for? Only to get healthy and, and feel healthy and look healthy. And then, like, start taking this stuff. And the sad part in Ireland is... The doctor won't take you on and monitor what you're going to take. So a lot of kids are taking backstreet stuff. I thought, take four, take six of them. And it could be taking the, bo- the dosage for a bull elephant. And all that has to go through the, the organs into the liver and stuff like that. Side effects are horrific. And you can do it naturally. I've done it. So stay clean, stay honourable. And it's cheating. What do you want to win a trophy for and cheat? Be honourable to yourself. The honour's into competing. The trophy will come with dedication. Did it turn you off? You know, that period you took away. Did, did, did any of, you know, seeing what you saw, knowing what you knew? It was a bigger fight for me. and It was a bigger outlet of training and programme and trying to stay ahead of the posse, stay ahead of, the, of what, what was coming up. And that was, and like, it, it was, has always been there. The, 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 um, the drugs in sports has always been there, you know. Him and Cockland one time said that as well, you know. Like, mm. Many weightlifters, they look at the track and field. And it's, it's, and it's terrible because they're cheating. That is the bottom line. Yeah. And, 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 and you have to answer honor, to yourself. The honour yeah. is to compete. Let's leave them with that thought today. But let me say again, congratulations you. to you, Liam O'Keefe. Ireland's most inspirational people winner, charity champion. Have you anything on the horizon? I have, but I just want to say something here that... Um, I want to mention there the Fair Green Motor Factors because 
for some reason, on the thank you of it all from the gym in Integral mm. and, and, and the tabloids, you know, and, 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 and Hubert Murphy, thank you, Hubert, for always being on my back and doing the best you can for me to promote what I'm doing. The Fair Green Motor Factors were left out. I do apologise to you guys there. You're wonderful people there in the Fair Green, and I gave my stuff for the car <laughs> and polishes. Thank you so much for supporting me. Liam O'Keefe, thank you for dropping in for a chat today. Absolutely. And thank you at the station. You've been very good. Thank you, Jerry. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors. The 2020 Dacia sales event is now on at Blackstone Motors, Drogheda, Dundalk and Cavan. Call in to see how shockingly affordable a new Dacia is in the new year. You're with Late Lunch on LMFM Radio this Monday afternoon. It's back on Late Lunch once again this year. Yes, it's our Christmas cuties competition. And to kick it off today, she's my number one Christmas cutie. It's Miss Ava Flynn. Oh, jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride no one horse open sleigh. Dashing to the snow on a one horse open sleigh. Over the fields we go, laughing all the way. Ha, 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 bells and bobtails ring, making spirits bright. Oh, what fun it is to ride in a sleighing song tonight. Oh, jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride in a one-horse open sleigh. Oh, jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride in a one-horse open sleigh. Good on ya. That's our little Ava, my granddaughter. She's just over four and a half now. And she's really looking forward, Louise, like your own, to Santa Claus coming and Christmas. The excitement is building, isn't oh, it? Oh, you can tell. She sings that really with gusto, <laughs> doesn't she? <laughs> smile on all her faces. She's just great. Anyway, this is a prelude to our Christmas cuties competition. And, Louise, what we want people to do is take wee videos of your children singing Christmas songs. Okay, so take a little video and what you do is, you know, try and keep them as tight as you can. But look, if they go on a little bit, so what about it? But whatever Christmas song they're singing, we want them. And what you do is you can WhatsApp them in to 086-1800-658 or Facebook, private message us, isn't it, on the Facebook. PM us on the Facebook. Send them in privately. Now, when you send them to us, I want to say to you, we're going to use them. We're going to use them on FM's uh, yeah, LMFM's. So if you don't want their name or their age, yes. don't send them in. Yeah, don't send them in. We are going to use them on LMFM's social media. We're going to put them up there. This is the terms and conditions of the competition. We're going to use them. We're going to play them here on Late Lunch as well. Next week, all next week, we're going to play them. So you have a bit of time here. But the prize, yes, the prize for the cutest, isn't it, Louise? The yes. cutest Christmas cutie video. It's the cutest. And we'll, we'll, we'll have a little judging panel and we'll have a look at them all. Is a fabulous €250 Euro voucher for Shoe City near Castle Blaney. It's a wonderful it's store. Fantastic. It's a great price. €250 Euro shoe voucher for the cutest Christmas cutie video sent to us here in LMFM this Christmas on late lunch. It could be yours. So I'm sure you have... Maestros who are out mm-hmm. there ready to sing and maybe can do a little Most dance. Most of them are learning and... something for yes, their Christmas concert or something they at the are minute. Indeed. So get them to us now and we're, we're going to play them all next week. We're going to play as many of them Loads. as we can on late lunch and we're going to put them up on social media as well. 
and then we'll pick a winner on the final day before Christmas, right? Which is where the 23rd. 23rd we're yeah. here on the 23rd with a special late lunch uh, geared towards the Christmas and we'll pick the winner on that day. €250 Euro voucher for Shoe City, Christmas cuties on late lunch. We know you have them. Get them to us as quick as you can. Only 16 sleeps to go. Ho, 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 says Santa's <laughs> little helper. They're back. Who is that? Who is... Do you know who that is? No, I'm a clue. Have you not ever since tried to the number? Since late lunch <laughs> started, since late lunch started, this is no joke, and we're in year, the 11th year, oh my God, where does time go? We're in year 11. And every year, whoever that is, have been texting us, and I still don't know who it is. <laughs> what kind of a gobdaw am I that I don't know? Do you know Miss Louise Walsh? I haven't a clue. Honestly. Do you want to know, though? Not really. No, I No, don't. not this stage. I don't. I don't want to know. I just want to keep it as that little secret. Anyway, 16 sleeps to go. There you have it, until the big day. Are you ready? Are you all set? No. Have you, you things to do? Loads. I think everybody has. Yeah. If anybody says I'm ready for Christmas, they're lying. <laughs> Of course they're not ready. Black Fridays, 8th of December, you name it. There's still plenty of things to be done. But you know what I want to say about Christmas. This is the important thing. And do, we love to give and receive gifts. And it's in the giving of gifts, I think, is the greatest pleasure, to be honest. But you know what? Enjoy it. Calm down as well. It'll all happen. Meet people. Enjoy them. Visit them. Go for a jar. You know what I mean? Mm. Do things. Experience this. And, of course, the big message of Christmas is faith is a Christian faith it's a Christian season and that must be remembered as well uh, that's the, the whole point of this time of the year as well and I think it's great uh, you know the darkest days it's coming to the shortest day actually now 21st yeah it's great to have this to look forward to isn't it it's great to have the, the Christmas thing do you love Christmas I love Christmas yeah, I, I do I was actually I at a Christmas say. market in Donegal um, yesterday were you and it was absolutely fantastic because there was, there was loads of schools there with all their handmade stuff so their yule logs and yeah. bamboo brushes yeah. everything that's what it's all about and everybody was singing and giving away free mince pies and everything mm. just lovely get into it enjoy it enjoy the crack in the schools with your children and the anticipation it is that time of year and that's, it's to be enjoyed now where are we going on late lunch we're going to our final break of the day this Monday and afterwards <laughs> we have a story for you a story and a half about a gull the Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors. The 2020 Dacia sales event is now on at Blackstone Motors, Drogheda, Dundalk and Cavan. Call in to see how shockingly affordable a new Dacia is in the new year. Shop local and support local jobs this Christmas at Scotch Hall Shopping Centre, Drogheda. Give the gift of a Scotch Hall gift card. And remember, we have the most magical Santa Grotto for the family. Support your local Scotch Hall Shopping Centre, Drogheda. And see online for our late night Christmas shopping hours and grotto opening hours. Thanks for staying local this Christmas. Christmas is the one time of year that we focus on the important things in life. Family, friends, get-togethers, gifts and more. And, as you know, with all of these, they all come at a price. To help ease the financial burden so that you and your family can celebrate and enjoy. Call in and talk to one of our team today. Drogheda Credit Union, with offices on Lawrence Street, Betty's Town Town Centre, Market Street Trim and RD Road Dunlear. Drogheda CU is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. Terms and conditions apply. Dear Santa baby, I don't want a lot for Christmas. Just some treats from Macaulay Health and Beauty Pharmacy. Chanel number no. 5, Dior Joy, a makeup palette from Be Perfect would be perfect. Sosu gift sets by Suzanne Jackson. So hurry down to Macaulay tonight, Santa, or buy online at macaulay.ie.
Make your business part of a cleaner energy future with Gas Networks Ireland. Join the thousands of Irish businesses already connected to cleaner, reliable and affordable energy. And now, with the introduction of renewable gas into our network, there's even more reason to make the change. Book a free consultation with our dedicated business team at gasnetworks.ie. Gas Networks Ireland. Progress. Naturally. Subject availability, T's and C's apply. Fantastic Christmas value in the fully stocked off-licence at first and last off-licence. Great savings on coal, smokeless fuel and kerosene. Incredible 20 euro coal deal. Two 20kg bags of coal, one bag of blocks, one bag of Donegal turf. Just 20 euro. Wonderful array of Christmas gift hampers at first and last off-licence Jonesboro. Exit 20, open till 10pm. Find us on Facebook. Book a relaxing getaway in Dublin at Castlenock Hotel. There's lots to explore this time of year at the nearby Phoenix Park. Or you could simply relax in the sauna and be pampered at the spa. Later, enjoy dinner and cocktails with award-winning dining. Or simply order room service and watch Netflix in your bedroom. Castlenock Hotel. Break away from normal. Discover more at castlenockhotel.com. The Late Launch with Blackstone Motors. The 2020 Dacia sales event is now on at Blackstone Motors, Drogheda, Dundalk and Cavan. New Year low APR finance is now available across the range. Donald Norton's no gull, but he was all at sea over the weekend. Thanks to his new feathered friend, he's on the line to tell me more. Afternoon, Donald. You're connected to the big bird house. You're live in air. Please do not swear. That's not Sesame Street, Big Board. No, it's a different place. It's in County Meath, of course. What happened with this seagull and you? Start the story at the begin. That's the exact same question I keep running through my head every five minutes. Um, yeah, my life has changed completely because I decided to be a good Samaritan. Um, basically, uh, a bird got hit by a car in front of the house. And a woman went to pick him up, and then she went, oh, my God, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know what, what I'm going to do with this, this bird. He, he's hurt. I went, okay, give him to me. And then I realized, women, I don't know what I'm going to do with this bird who's hurt. So uh, I spent around about 20 minutes trying to, to bring him around. Uh, he always said, yeah, you, you know what you're doing, bye. And then I realized, no, I really don't know what I'm doing here. And... Um, it, I'll have to preface this story that I don't really go around rescuing animals or birds. Um, that's not me sort of usual thing to do whatsoever. And what you know, it, it sounds like a what, what a great thing to do to save poor little birdie here. Who, by the way, the bird is right in front of me this very second of the time. As I'm talking to you, it's about and, three feet away from me, and it is a seagull. Oh, it is, yeah. It's a, it's a herring gull, apparently. Okay, so you're left with this adoptee, the woman is gone, and what do you do? Well, this is the thing. I had the, the, the utmost conflict in my head, because as I was sort of trying to calm the poor board down and saying, no, you're going to be all right, I remembered what I was about to do just before this happened, and I was literally about to go down and put a deposit on a turkey. So I was like, going, wait a minute, you're trying to save this bird, you're going to eat another bird. What are you doing, fella? <laughs> a, bit of a, a bit of a dilemma. But look, you've coped. I have to say you've coped reasonably well. But where did, where did you take him or what happened? He was affixed to you for some time, was he? Yeah, I know exactly where this is going. And this is where the pain comes into it for me. Um, basically, I, I was, um, I brought the, the, it was getting dark, so I said, look, I'll put the board into a box. 
and I'll bring it into the shed and see how he gets on. And literally, I, said, I have a Jeep, and I said, right, the, the bonnet of the Jeep will be warm. I'll put him up on top of that, and um, that'll keep him going for the time being. I might resuss him a bit more. And as I put the box onto the, the bonnet of the Jeep, the bird hops out of the box and lands on my shoulder. So now I have a, a, a feathered uh, um, uh, shoulder decoration called a seagull. <laughs> and that was funny. I was like thinking, yeah, this is great crack. Yeah, I'll wait until Halloween comes around again. I'm going to be Pirates of the Caribbean. Um, that sort of novelty wore off. And next to the thing hops up and lands on the head. And there was no shift in him. Absolutely no shift in him. He was there in the end for three hours. You're joking me. No. And anything I tried to do, like he, he was like the soccer player playing football. He was able to just manipulate the ball, which was my head. And then if I got anyway close, then instead of the, me putting a deposit on the turkey, the turkey was doing a deposit on me. <laughs> so he pecked and he pooed? He, well, he, di- he didn't peck. He, um, what he did do, however, was I said, well, maybe he wants to fly off. So I walked out of the shed. And every time I got about three feet away from the shed, he started pecking the head to go back in. So, yeah, I, I was at his beck and call. <laughs> <laughs> Three hours, Donal, you're a soft man and you're a kind man and that gull now is part of your life forever. He's sitting there looking at you now, talking to me and he's listening to everything we're saying and I want to say, he's known as Stephen Seagal now, by the way. <laughs> Not Stephen yeah. Seagal, Stephen Seagal. I want to say uh, to I, Stephen, you um, yeah. have a friend for life in Mr. Donal Norton. Well, uh, let's not let's not go that far. Just yet. <laughs> I'd just like to thank my other friend, which is as good as any of those. Because literally, that's what I did was, I was like going, after about half an hour of this crack, panic set in. I'm going like, I could get stuck here. I, I, I was actually dying of the man flu. I'm still just recovering. And I reckon part of the reason why I picked the, the, the board up was to sort of go, all right, you think you're, you're bad, you just got hit by a car. I have man flu. How, how does that feel? And uh, I was getting no sympathy from whatsoever. But um, I forget where I was going even with this. I'm just looking at. No, no, no. You, I, I can still, I can still see your your life is oh, turned yeah. upside down. Yeah, yeah. I was putting it on Facebook basically, just because nobody would believe me. They were like going, "Yeah, right." I like I rang Boardwatch and they were going, "Okay, you're telling me that you're in your shed, you've got a seagull stuck in your head, and your name's Cliff." <laughs> No, <laughs> I had to, I had to FaceTime people for, to prove them. To go, look, this is real, and um, yeah, uh, there's 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 three hours on Facebook of videos every maybe twenty minutes of me looking for help. You are now known as the Birdman of Navin. You know that. Anyway, he's still with you in good health. What's the plan? Um, well, he could have flown off today if he wanted because I actually did witness him flying. So. I don't think he wants to go anywhere. I think he's looking for the remote control of the telly. <laughs> you have Sky. Oh, thanks. I know. I can see this. I can see this. You have. I. I, I mean that. I said a few minutes ago. He's yours or she's yours. I don't know. You really know it's a boy or a girl, but they seem to be with you for the Christmas and New Year anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's. It's. Uh, well, what's crazy was because I used to work with David Hasselhoff years ago when he was in Baywatch. And it was only when I was stuck in the garage on my own with this lad st- stuck in my head, I went, I've just gone from day watch to board watch. <laughs> in one and you see, you see all that um, board poo that uh, adorned your clothing. Oh, oh, 
Um, do I see it? Uh, uh, you smell it, it, see it, feel it. No, it's very good. Actually, it's good luck. So make sure you do this lotto thing. You know, you're a millions and that. Don't oh, I yeah, feel your name is on it. You just won a load of, of seagull poo. Well done. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Listeners have to get in touch. Hate to tell uh, your guest, Jerry, but seagulls are walking with lice. <laughs> So it looks like there's going to be have to be a fumigation when this love affair comes to an end, as it will at some stage. But there you have it. I wish you well with your goal, Donald. Thank you very much. It probably wasn't the first time something <laughs> um, caught something off the board. <laughs> oh my God! Talk to you well, soon. Take care of yourself. Bye bye. Bye bye. <laughs> of course, he's talking about canaries and uh, parrots and our feathered friends there. Louise, you want to say something before we close the shop today? Or we could be closed down after that. Go on. <laughs> Jerry, just to say, the autism charity, As I Am, are inviting people and businesses in Louth and Meath to host coffee mornings to raise funds and support their hashtag All Is Calm campaign. They're asking those hosting coffee mornings also to provide an inclusive, stress-free and autism-friendly environment for everyone to enjoy. And that's between today, the 9th and the 20th of December. So if anybody's out there wants to host a coffee morning, get on yeah, board. Get on board. As I am are the people. As Check them out. And it's hashtag all is calm is what you need there. Great idea on the run into Christmas and you'll be helping people, very, very special people indeed. Anyway, that's a lot on Late Lunch for this Monday afternoon. Thank you for joining us on the show. Enjoy your evening and come back for another Late Lunch tomorrow, round about half one. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors. The 2020 Dacia sales event is now on at Blackstone Motors, Drogheda, Dundalk and Cavan. Call in to see how shockingly affordable a new Dacia is in the new year. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 
When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.